Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. Amen. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Do it. We're in a series in Colossians. We just decided to spend some of the summer breaking down the letter of Paul to the Colossians. And uh, today I'm going to start in chapter 2. I didn't know where Pastor Raul would finish um, last week. And so he said, hey, let let me take chapter 1. I said, okay, I'll start out in chapter 2, although I'm going to refer back to chapter 1 in just a little while. And and I've been waiting to share this with you for, uh, obviously, for for several uh, weeks now. It just kills me not to be here on a Sunday morning. You need to know that anytime I'm not here on a Sunday morning, I, I, I'm, I'm missing you. You know, I'm, I'm truly blessed to be the pastor of this church, no doubt about it. Colossians 2.1 says this, and we're only going to read the first verse. I want you to know how hard I am contending. This is Paul writing to the Colossians, how hard, I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. Write this down, number one. Being selfish lives for the benefit of one, but being selfless lives for the benefit of of others. Okay, so this is something that we concentrate a lot on here at New Song because once you get this in your heart, in your inner man, it'll change you. You'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve somebody else. And Paul is saying, hey, hey, I'm actually struggling. I'm contending. I'm I'm fighting for you and for the other church at Laodicea and for all those who have not even met me personally. I'm I'm fighting for you. My question to you, New Song, is who are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? Are you fighting for you? Now, everybody look at your pastor real quick. Are you fighting for you or are you fighting for someone else? The great heroes of the faith always fight for someone else. In fact, can I tell you, when, when you go on, like to Nicaragua, or I've been to El Salvador, I've been to Honduras, I've been to uh, so many, you know, Mexico, so many third world countries, and met some of the greatest missionaries in the world, and they all had the same thing in common. They were not contending for themselves. They weren't fighting for themselves. They were always fighting for somebody else. And yet, here in America, what do we struggle with? Well, I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to go get mine. Uh, you better not get in my way, because I'm going to go get mine. Can I tell you, everybody, you're not going to find that in the Bible. It's not in there. It's not in there. No, we contend for others. We serve others. And in doing so, God has the ability to show us His favor and His blessings upon our lives so that we can continue to serve and to love others. This this is an example of it. The Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower. And a lot of times we think of that, and you've heard, if you've been coming to church for any, you know, let's say 10 years, 15 years, odds are you've heard a pastor say that phrase, God gives seed to the sower. Well, it's in the Bible. That's a quote from the Bible. 
And, and most pastors will teach that as God gives money to those who plant money, who sow money into other ministries. And they'll say, hey, listen, if you sow into this ministry, then God's going to sow into you. You know, because God gives seed to the sower. Now, are they, are they telling the truth? Yeah, they're telling the truth. If you invest in the kingdom of God, God's going to invest in you. Because you're going to be blessed to be a blessing. And when you're a, ble- when you're a blessing, you'll get blessed. And the more that you're a blessing, you'll get more blessed. Everybody see how that works? He gives seed to the sower. But does he only give money? No. No, the, the, the seed. What is the seed? Well, the Bible doesn't say, and God gives seed, in parentheses, money to the sower. No, it says, what, it, it means this, whatever you sow into the kingdom of God, God will give you more to sow. So do you sow energy? Do you sow time? Do you sow effort? Do you sow sacrifice into the kingdom of God? Could it be that God actually could give you more energy? As you look at these missionaries and everybody, they should be worn down. They give their lives to people. They give their lives to people. And they should be worn out. But can I tell you the good news? God gives seed to the sower. He he restores, and and we experienced that in Nicaragua. I'm telling you guys, we worked our tails off. We worked hard. And the next day, we were ready to go again. Why? Because God gives seed to the sower. He, He refreshes those who refresh others. He comforts those who comforts others. You know, that's what the Bible says. He gives seed to the sower. But are you fighting for you? Or are you fighting for somebody else? The greatest men and women of God always are fighting for somebody else. At the end of my life, I want, I want people to know that, oh, he didn't fight for himself. He fought for others. He contended for others. He struggled for others to teach the Word of God, to love people, to serve people, to care for people. And some of you, can I just say it in this room, that that's probably all you needed to hear today. Man, I need to get my eyes off of me. And I need to get my eyes on somebody else. I need to start striving out of selfishness and selfish gain to to get more and more and more. Because when is more ever enough? You know, one time in my life before I, I actually right when I met Jennifer and was getting married, I I had uh, three four-wheelers, quads. I had three of them. And, of course, I had to buy one for her when we got married, so we had four. Because she didn't have her own. Those other three, they were mine. So she didn't. I had to, I had to buy her one. And I had a, a Honda motorcycle. And I had a, a Suzuki DR650, an enduro motorcycle. It was kind of a big bike. And I had two jet skis. And I had a great car and, and um, very high payments on that car. And guess what? It was never enough. I kept sewing into me, but it was never enough. I always wanted more. Well, I would be happy if I had. And as soon as you got that, oh, but, but you know what? If I had that, though, oh, that, that's awesome. You know, my car is great. I've had it for two years. It's a 2016, but boy, those 2018s, oh, woo, I'd be happy if I had one of those. By the way, I don't, I, I, um, I want you to know this. Um, I, I'm not against new cars. I'm not against that. I, I am against selfishness, though, and greed, and, and lack of, of uh, contentment. 
You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys know the difference there? It's not, I don't care if you drive a new car, don't drive a new I don't care. But is your heart right? Is your heart right? That's the issue. Are you content with what you have? If God just said, you know what, I just want you to start giving to others, are you content with what you have? And able just to give generously and cheerfully to somebody else. You see what I'm saying? Striving, struggling, contending for, for others. And that's just verse 1 of chapter 2. Let's go into the rest of the verses in 2 through 5, Colossians chapter 2. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full, what, what, what's this word? The full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all, all, watch this again, all the treasures. So he's talking about the, the riches of complete understanding and then the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he says, and I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I'm absent from you in body, because he's writing this letter, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are. And what he's talking about there, just a second, what he's talking about there, how disciplined you are. He's not talking about their daily routine. He's talking about their faith in Jesus Christ, that you're holding on to your faith in Jesus Christ. You're being disciplined about your faith in Jesus Christ. So he said, he said, and I delight to see how disciplined you are and how, and here it is again, he's saying the same thing a different way, and how firm your faith in Christ is that you are holding on to the truth, but yet they were a little distracted. They were being pulled apart from the truth. They were being separated from the truth found in Christ Jesus, and he said, actually, you're being separated from the greatest riches, from the greatest treasures. How is that happening? By fine-sounding arguments, by people who thought that they had a better way, that they took the gospel of Jesus Christ and started adding their own thoughts into it. So here's what Paul is teaching, number two, write this down. Paul is teaching all of us, he's teaching me and you, he's teaching us to be so amazed by Christ that we won't be deceived by others. He's saying, no, 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 no. When you think about Christ and, and the riches of complete understanding and, and the treasure, the treasure of wisdom and knowledge, when you think about the person of Jesus Christ, you should be so amazed at Jesus that you would never be deceived by somebody else, that you would never be deceived by fine-sounding arguments. You say, really, you get that all from that? No, we also get it from Colossians 1. As we are in this series about Colossians last week, I'm sure Pastor Raul taught you about Colossians 1, 15 through 20, because it's kind of the emphasis of that chapter. And I just want to show you this real quick. I'm talking about being so amazed by Christ. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in Him all things were created. And I'm going to skip around here. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is everything. He's everything. He's the beginning of the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. 
For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Christ and through Christ to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through his blood shed upon the cross. What Paul is saying here is, no, 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 no. You should be so amazed at Jesus Christ himself and the gospel of grace. You should be so amazed at Jesus that it deflects all of the deception and the fine-sounding arguments that are in the world. You should be so amazed with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what he's done for us, that you would, you would find it easy to say, you know what? I'm not going to debate you on that. Because I'm just so amazed with Jesus. You see, people have fine-sounding arguments in this world. I just read, and I'm going to watch my words carefully because some of you might know who this is. I just read something on Facebook not too long ago where somebody has believed a lie, something very contrary to the Word of God. And, and they put a little link there that said, hey, I know a lot of you people don't believe what I now believe. But if you listen to so-and-so, just click on this and listen to so-and-so, and then you'll understand why I, why I chose to believe that this sin, that these sins are okay. That God isn't bothered by them. And you know what it is? That is somebody who has believed a fine-sounding argument. They, 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 let, me, let me say it this way. They're more enthralled by the words of that teacher than they are enthralled by the supremacy of Christ. If I had nothing else to say today, that should be enough. Are you more enthralled? Are you more inclined to believe other people and the opinions of other people? Are, are you more enthralled by fine-sounding arguments and debate tactics and, and, and hollow philosophies than you are being so amazed and enthralled by simply looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? And that's what happens. Isn't that what happens? When somebody comes in with fine-sounding arguments and they make it seem like, hey, sin is okay. Because, you know, here in America, we, we have something that's happening. We don't have a movement. We don't really have a movement that's looking uh, to say, no, 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 Jesus isn't the Christ or God isn't really God. In fact, there's another God you need to serve. We don't necessarily live in that culture. You know the culture that we live in? Well, the Bible just isn't true. Because if God was a God of love, then he wouldn't be bothered by these people or these people or these people or these people. He wouldn't be bothered by this sin or this sin or this sin or this sin. If God was really a God of love, what, what they're doing is, is, saying that, is saying, hey, hey, it just doesn't make sense to me, so why don't you embrace my belief that these things, even though the Bible says they're sinful, why don't you embrace my belief that actually says that these things are fine? And all of a sudden, somebody comes more enthralled with someone else's opinion than they are by the amazing Savior that we serve. And you will be tested in this, new song. Can I just tell you? And can I tell you that, that, that I know this word, I don't, I don't mean to freak some of you out. But I, I really believe that this is prophetic in nature. That you will be tested in this. 
And will you hold to the truth found in God's Word? Will you hold to the truth? The Bible says that there are people out there that call evil good. Don't ever be a person that calls evil good. There are some people who say, oh, you know what? Actually, that evil, that's actually beautiful in the eyes of God. Everybody, those are fine-sounding arguments, but they are a lie. It's false. Anything outside of the Word of God that is contrary to the Word of God, that doesn't align itself with the Word of God, it's a lie. It's false. So Paul is teaching us to be so amazed by Christ that we won't be deceived by others. Write this down, number three. So believing that doctrines do not matter... Because that's what we're kind of talking about here. We're talking about doctrines. We're talking about holding to the truth found in God's Word. So believing that doctrines do not matter is actually a doctrinal belief. It's just a wrong one. So if you say, well, you know what, Pastor? I've just come to the point in my life where I've, I've grown. I've, I've, just, I've just matured. That, you know, I used to lean into the Bible. I used to lean into the things of God. But now I've matured. I've just seen a, a better way now. And, and now I just don't hold to all of the Bible. I just don't hold, in fact, I don't really hold to those doctrines. I'm not really that type of person. Can I tell you that that's actually a doctrinal belief? You've created your own doctrine, but it is a doctrinal belief. It's just a wrong one. It's just not correct. Number four, write this down because this goes together with it. Any belief that takes away from the glory of Christ and places it on people or creation is absolutely erroneous. It's filled with error. Anything, <clears throat> listen, new song, anything that takes away from the glory of Christ, from, from anything that takes away from the glory of the Word, because Christ is the living Word, is He not? I mean, He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. He is the Word. He was the Word, and He is the word and anything that takes away from the glory of Christ or the glory of the word is absolutely false. It's categorically false, everybody, especially when it's placed upon people or creation, when it's based upon people or creation. And actually, uh, Paul addresses that in the book of Romans. He said, hey, listen, there, there's these people that they're focusing on this instead of on God. They're, they're taking away from the glory of Christ because they're putting it on man. They're putting it on, on creation. They're putting it on idols. They're taking away from the glory of Christ. So, so watch this, everybody, because I'm confronting something in the church. To believe only part of the Bible. To believe only part of the Bible. And not to believe those things that you disagree with. Assumes that God wouldn't have any views that would ever upset you. When, when, let, me, let me say it like this. There's a better way to say this. Uh, I'm guessing when, when you choose to say, you know what, I believe the Bible. I believe in Jesus. I, I just disagree with Romans chapter 1. I, I, I disagree with, well, I could go on with what people disagree with, but I, I, I disagree with this, and I disagree with this, and I disagree with this. I mean, I believe the Bible, and I believe in Jesus, but I just have all of these all of these disagreements with the Bible, then you're assuming, you're assuming that God would never have a, a moral law. He would never have, 
He would never have an unction, a thought, an idea, a truth that would, that would ever be disagreeable to you. Which actually makes you God. Well, I'm looking across the room and I don't see any gods in here. I mean, no offense, but you don't look like God to me. Yeah, you should all be glad. Yeah. And I don't look like God. I know that. See, see what you're doing is saying, well, if I, I believe part of it, but I just don't believe all of it. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, your opinion is a better opinion than God's opinion. <laughs> now, does it make sense? Oh, I, 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 I'm not saying I'm smarter than God. Then why are you disagreeing with Him? Why are you disagreeing with the Creator of the universe? The one who established all things. Why disagree with Him? It doesn't make sense. And if you do, you're putting yourself on the same level as God. Not wise. Not wise. You're putting yourself in the place that says, God, my opinion is just as good as yours. My opinion is just as valuable as yours. Can I tell you something about me? My opinion doesn't matter because God is God. He's always been God and He'll always be God. And just because I might disagree, which by the way, I don't, but if I might disagree with him, guess what? His opinion trumps mine because he's God. Because he's God. So any belief that takes away from the glory of Christ, the living word, it's just absolutely wrong. Colossians 2, we'll end with this. 6 through 10. This is out of the New Living Translation. I just thought it was an easier way to read this. Hopefully it'll just sink in a little bit better. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots, remember he's addressing them and saying, hey, you're listening to these fine sounding arguments and you're being distracted from the truth. He said, no, 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 you must continue in Christ. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built upon him. And then when you do that, your faith will grow strong in what? In the truth. Your faith will grow strong in the truth. That you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. He said, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all of the fullness of God in a human body. So stop right there. Stop right there. We'll come to verse 10 in just a second. Don't let anyone, don't let anyone, no matter how smart you think they are, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. And by the way, it's going to say it, it is Justin's translation, comes from human thinking, and demonic forces. So this comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. We know that Satan is the father 
of all lies. He's the father of all lies. So if you're believing anything outside of the word of God, you're believing the devil. If I were you, I wouldn't believe him. Because he's a liar. Let that sink in. This is a Selah moment. Why would you believe the devil? Why, why would you believe somebody other than the living God? Why, why would you believe the coworker or that, or, or that friend of yours? Or, or maybe a, a parent who's bought into a lie? Why, why believe them over God? Why believe them over God? You, you know, um, I've had several talks with people lately, and again, every time I, I, I preach a, a sermon, it seems like I just see that topic all around me. It's, 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 it's incredible. And I've talked to so many people lately who have said these things that I said, no, 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 that's contrary to the Word of God. Oh, but what they really, no, 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 I, I know what they mean. And I know the question that you're asking, and I'm just telling you it's contrary to the Word of God. It sounds like it makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't. It's false. It's false. Anything that takes away from the glory of Christ, the glory of His Word, is not right. Number five, write this down. I must not focus on the strength of my faith, but on the object of my faith, because Christ alone completes me. And I'm going to explain that to you by reading now verse 9 and 10 of Colossians 2. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body. Watch this, verse 10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Let me say it this way. A lot of times we focus on the strength of our faith. We focus on this, well, I'm going to be strong in faith. I'm going to be strong in faith. And to an extent, that's fine. That's There's nothing wrong with that, to choose to be strong in the faith. I'm going to be strong in the faith, strong in the faith. That's fine. Be strong in the faith. Rise up as a mighty man or woman of God. But don't think, don't think, don't think that the strength of your faith is more important or stronger than the object of your faith, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. See, when you, when you rely on your faith, you're relying on you. But when you use your faith to rely on Christ, oh, that's where, that's where power comes from. That's when power shows up. When you say, oh, no, Father, this has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. It has everything to do for your, with your glory. It has everything to do with your power. I can't do anything in this thing, God. It is just completely all you. And Christ, you alone complete me. You, you alone make me whole. You alone. It's like saying this. You alone. You alone fill every void in my life. Every time there's, there's something that I'm missing, God, you're the one, Christ, you're the one that fills it, that completes it in me. You're the one. It has nothing to do with me, Father. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you and your goodness. As my wife and I uh, were, were visiting this, uh, this Pastor Carlos, powerful man of God, 
I'm going to tell you something. You could say, well, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that or not. Well, it's in the Bible, what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to know that you can have words of wisdom, words of knowledge, that God can use um, people to speak to you um, the things of God. God just does that. You say, well, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Well, read, read your Bible because it's in there. It's in there. I promise you it's in there. Pastor Carlos is an incredible man of God and his wife, and they were just showing us their compound in this very, very poor area, just outside of the city dump, just outside of the city dump where they minister to people. And he, he pulls us, my wife and I, aside, and he just starts praying for us. And he, he holds our hands, and, and he says things to us, that there is no way in the world he, he could have known. No way in the world. And he, he spoke to us very prophetically. It, it, I, sometimes people don't like the word prophecy. It's just speaking the heart of God. It's, it's just, if you struggle with that, get over it. it it's, just, it's in there, okay? It's in there. Just relax. Now, it needs to be... It needs, the Bible says that it can be tested what people say, and, I, and that's, that's a good thing to do. But my wife and I were both there together, and after we walked away, I looked at my wife and said, what did you think about that? Now, this is a fundamental Bible-believing Baptist speaking, and she said, how did he know that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And a lot of what he said, by the way, uh, has to do with this church. Um, oh, great things are in store for us. It's going to be wonderful. When he prayed over us, he said some things to us, and he didn't say it like this at all, but this is what he said. Justin and Jennifer, Christ will complete you he will make you complete. And he told us ways that that was going to happen. Things that we have been praying about and, and you don't know about because we haven't told you. I think this might be coming one of my top five favorite verses. Colossians 2.10 So you also are complete through your union with Christ. He's everything I need. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So I think that's what Raul said last Sunday, didn't he? Jesus completes me. For all you young stinkers out there who have a boyfriend and say, oh, he just completes me. No, he doesn't. How many of you married people, you know I'm telling the truth. I love my spouse. I really do. She's, I, I could be married to no one better than my wife. I, I just think she's the best woman in the entire world. But she doesn't complete me. She's God's gift to me. And oh, does she, does she help and support and encourage and I live life with her. And oh, I wouldn't be the same without her. 
But only Christ completes me. Only Christ completes me. I'd like you to just bow your heads for a moment. If you find yourself today not being complete in Christ, and maybe you're far from Christ, maybe you're starting a relationship with Christ, or you want to start a relationship with Christ, and you know that something in your life is just, it's just lacking, and you want to be made complete, I'm telling you that's only through Christ. And some of you need to start a relationship with Him today. But there's others in this room that you need to restart that relationship with Christ. Because you started listening to fine-sounding arguments. And maybe those arguments didn't even come from others. Maybe it just came from you. Maybe it was you saying, you know what, I deserve this. I deserve to go do this, even though I know God doesn't want me to. But I deserve it. Maybe it's somebody like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and do this, and I'll just come back to Christ later. So some of you in this room need to start a relationship with the Lord, and there's others that need to restart a relationship with the Lord. And you will find that He will complete you. Not saying every day is going to be perfect. No, you're in, you're in, a, you're in a battle. But you will find no greater joy than knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and worshiping Him only. There's no greater joy than being made complete through a union with Christ Jesus, through a relationship with Christ Jesus. If you've never started that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want to do that this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. I just want to tell you that there will be some information at the Welcome Center for you that I, I want you to go to the Welcome Center and just say, hey, today I started a relationship with Jesus. Pastor Justin said there's some booklets here that I need, need to pick up, and they'll be there for you. Maybe you've been running from Christ and today you want to run to Him. Maybe you've never been in a relationship with Christ and you just want to start today. And you want to invite Christ into your life. I'm going to give you the chance right now. And again, I'm not going to call you down here or embarrass you. Nobody will know. It's just between, just between you and God. If you want to start that relationship with Christ, would you just hold your hand up very high? Just let me see who you are. All right. Put your hands down. That's great. Anybody else in the room? I'm so proud of you. For those that wrote, raised their hands, I'm so proud of you. There's another group of people, but maybe you've been running away from God. Maybe you've chosen to believe a lie that is contrary to His Word. And as an act of repentance, you're going to come to Him today and say, you know what, I have just... I've bought into those fine-sounding arguments, and maybe they came from other people. Maybe it just came out of you. And you're like, hey, I am not in a right relationship with God because I have been running away from His Word. I've been running away from truth. I've embraced some lies in my life. Today, I'm going to repent of that. 
And I'm going to restart a relationship with the Lord that is going to be genuine. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of living the life the way that I want to, that I know is contrary to the Word of God. I just want to restart. The Bible says His mercies are new every day. You can restart that relationship today. And again, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. In a little while, you'll have a chance to pray with a prayer team if you want to. But that's you this morning. You just need to say, you know what? I've allowed some things in my life. I've believed some lies in my life, and I just need to come clean before God. Would you raise your hand really high? Let me see who you are. Yeah, lots of people. Lots of people. I'm just going to say some prayers, and if you're the person that needed to start a relationship with God, I'm going to make it really simple. You can just kind of in your own heart, in your own way, just it, it, it's, not, it's not the words that you say, it's the attitude of your heart. And then for those who want to restart, I'll pray too. And you just pray in your own way. Then we'll give you a chance to pray with a prayer team if you'd like to. Heavenly Father, I, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to start a relationship with you. I've tried it on my own. And it, it doesn't work. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in your cross. I, I believe in the resurrection. I believe you are the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And I surrender my life to you. And at this moment, Jesus, I'm choosing you. I want to know you. I want to be with you. I want you, Jesus, to complete me. I want to be in union with you. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of ignoring you. I'm choosing you, Jesus. Forgive me of the times that I've rebelled against you, ran away from you. Give me a new heart. Give me a new love. And teach me to walk with you, to know you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for accepting me for who I am. Thank you for cleaning me. Because I found out I can't, I can't clean myself up, God. I've made a mess. <laughs> I need you to clean it up for me. Thank you for being faithful to that. Lord, for those in this room that have been shying away from truth, they've been shying away from your word, they've been listening to hollow philosophies and fine-sounding arguments. Lord, we repent of that today and we realize that anything that takes away from your glory is not of you. Anything that takes away from your word, it's not, from, it's not of you. You are my all in all. You're everything. And I'm nothing without you. So I'm sorry. 
that I believed some lies. I'm sorry that I went the wrong direction. I'm sorry that I, I listened to others instead of listening to you and your word. But today, Father, I repent of that. And today, Lord, I, I want you to know that I choose you. I choose the truth. I, I choose your word. I choose you. Empower me to walk in the truth, to live in the truth, to embrace your truth, and guard my heart and my mind that I would not fall into sin again, that I would not fall into the temptation of believing things that are contrary to your word. Guard my heart. Guard my mind. So that I would believe nothing but you. That I would believe in nothing but you. Transform my mind and my heart by your power, Jesus. I want to be complete in you. That's what I long for. And I thank you that Jesus, you really do complete me and I am complete in you. Thank you for forgiving me, for showing me mercy and patience. You're a great God. And I love you so much. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for loving me. Could we just raise up our hands to the Lord very quickly? Just have a moment of gratitude to the Lord. I bless you, Father. Thank you for loving me. Come on, let's just praise him. I bless you, Lord. I thank you, Father. You've been so gracious. You've been so kind. You, you've been so patient with me, Lord. And I love you, Father. I love you, Father. I love you, I love you, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so patient, God. So merciful, Lord. You've been so good to me. You are the way, the truth, and the life. There is nobody like you, Father. There's nobody like you, Jesus. You're everything to me. You're everything to me. You're everything to me. Can we just stand before the Lord? I know we normally don't do this, but let's just stand before the Lord.
Just lift your hands to him again. You're everything to me, Lord. You are my all in all. And I worship you, oh God, I worship you. You alone, you alone are worthy of praise and glory and honor. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. There's nobody like you, Lord. No one compares to you, God. <laughs> no one compares to you, Lord. There is no one like you, Father. There's no one like our God. And we bless you and we worship you and we exalt you for who you are, for all of your goodness, for your love, for your compassion, for everything that you are to us, Lord. And you are everything. We worship you. We exalt you. We exalt you, Lord. Come on, let's just bless the Lord. We bless you, Father. We worship you, Lord. You are so good to us. You're so good. So we exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. We magnify you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you because you're worthy. We bless you. <laughs> oh, you're so good, Lord. You're so good, Lord. You're so good, Lord. You're so good, Lord. Heavenly Father, I bless this community of faith that peace would rule and reign in our hearts. That we would be wholly content in you. That we would not look to the left or the right to find completion. Because we would know that we are only complete in you. You, Jesus, complete us. Help us to know that. And help us to walk in it. Oh, and we thank you for doing it, Lord. You're so very good. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.